Open your eyes. This is America. The greatest nation on Earth. Where rats have it better than Italian children. If we are to build an empire of hope, we must first conquer New York. Our New York is being threatened by a wave of brown-skinned filth. They just keep coming. We ought to ship them all back. We have to show America we are all people of dignity. I want to build an orphanage. Be careful. This place will eat you alive. Even the Pope cannot protect you from what may come. I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. Um, it was uh, so I have kind of a ritual days when I come out on recording days when I'm here uh, in town in studio, which and, is uh, rare. Yeah, well, it's, you know, you, you get what you get. <laughs> At least I'm better than Zach. At least I show up. But um, so I go by Chick-fil-A, uh, which is, we like their their chicken biscuits. And so I get some of those. And so I always go by and see mom first, you know, just to catch up and find out how the weekend's going. So she had just gotten up. So <laughs> I know where this is going already. Did it involve uh, yesterday at church? It did. Yeah. And she, of course, she's telling me this as her hair is quite, unkept at the moment because she's just out of bed and uh she says you know she's telling me about yesterday and she said well your brother jason she's like dad she's got to identify your brother Jason." you know she's frustrated when she starts off (laughs) your brother instead of my son that's right your brother jace came in and he sat right in front of us and yesterday and she said i looked over at lynn and i said somebody needs a brush Al, that and is. Mom is telling me this as her hair literally is going in eight, eight different directions. That is the tip of the iceberg <laughs> on what happened. I made a mistake yesterday, and the only reason I'm going to share this is because I realize that my mom is incapable of finding any kind of device where she could ever listen to this. So this is the safest place. <laughs> that is true. Because I wouldn't do this if she was going to listen. But I made a mistake yesterday because I I showed up, and and I had a really good reason that I won't go into, but I was doing kingdom work, helping people. It was a good story. Oh, and she did say that. She said, said, and he was late, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my point. So I come in 20 minutes late. I'm not late. I've been there doing kingdom work in a private affair. I'm trying to help people, you know. Which happens a lot to us because there are a lot of other people there for different reasons. Yeah, and it and it was it was of a sensitive nature that I was not going to get into, especially yeah. on the front row with <laughs> a thousand people behind us cuz my mom uh is she doesn't have a volume button and I realized the older you get, yeah, the you, more you can't whisper. That that's Yeah. It, that's she, out. She's talking where that lower section is hearing everything she's saying. She was doing that at the movie premiere. Did you hear? She would say, yeah. I never would have read that. I would never would have said that. <laughs> no, so so what happened was, or my mistake was when I, I came down in the front row and Lynn 
who uh what do we call it lynn just blondie her, well her helper you <laughs> we know. got little blondie that she was seated behind you right <laughs> now helps miss kate blondie the, the older okay. the older blondie. i knew you had a nickname somewhere so. you only call them that when Apparently you don't know you what have your name is hair, your name is blondie so, so my mom is sitting right right in the middle of the row and just think the seats at at this church are like movie seats. Yeah, theater. So if you want to go to the middle, you're going to have to walk by a number of people, and they're moving their legs, and it's awkward. And the front it's row, better than it used to be with the pews, but still. The front row, no one was sitting, so Blondie says, here, you want to sit by your mom? But they're in the middle, so I'm like, no, I'm good. Well... <laughs> That's where I messed up because that hurt Miss Kay's feelings. She took that as a rejection. It wasn't personal, Mom. But so she was like, she was thinking back when she you came forth from her loins. <laughs> yeah. So Lynn, uh, I'm sure that's exactly where her mind went. <laughs> she whispered that to me. So Miss Kay, in her whisper voice, which is, "Well, that's okay. I didn't want to sit by you anyway." <laughs> So then, look, I sat there, and she provided commentary for the remainder hour of the service during the during the series over not just my hair, but where Missy was, and and look, she she leaned up one time and she, like she's gonna whisper, and she's like, "Where's Missy?" It was so loud that I literally, when I was looking back. Everyone within hearing shot, which was a third of the building, <laughs> all look because they're wondering where she is too. <laughs> She's got surround sound. And, and poor Bromley's up there trying to preach. He looked over <laughs> and I thought, we now have the preacher wondering in the middle of his sermon where my wife is. <laughs> just like She was just below a Kurt Lively Jesus with, with just her it. commentary. Look, the high moment of the, the service was, was when Lively said, Jesus, because then it was it was a, a distraction. Now, so I thought maybe if I just sit here and make myself really small, she will stop talking to the back of my head. You have to remember, uh, you know. Now we're both in our seventies, so uh, I'm I'm the head, so you'll know of the of the not the hospital detail, but the home home health home health. I am the one who kind of. Says, yeah, let's go. You're in charge of home health? Home health. I'm the one. Home health of your mother. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, maybe you can teach her how to whisper. (laughs) Oh, it was embarrassing. So I kept thinking the whole time. I thought, why didn't I just. I think if I'd have just got beside her, this wouldn't have happened, but it started off wrong. She got her feelings hurt because I wouldn't sit beside her. She ripped me on my hair because she kept talking about that. She was like, yeah. When's the last time you brushed your hair? Yeah. And I said, years. But we're having this conversation. We're supposed to be quiet. <laughs> and it never stopped the entire hour. Well, she did have, a, she did. Now I'm thinking back to what she said this morning. She said, uh, Well, you know, Missy's gone. You know, she's up in Nashville taking care of her grandbabies. And so he's he's just over there on his own. And, you know, he just doesn't know how to take care of himself. Like she was like giving you oh, all this. She said all this to me. <laughs> well, she, when she said, when I finally said Nashville, she's in Nashville. And she's like, well, are the, is everything okay? 
It, we're not. This is not the fellowship part of the service. We are literally, you know, in, in a prayer when she's like, I mean, is everything okay? I'm like, okay, we're praying. <laughs> but uh, I forgot what I was going to say. But uh, oh, oh, that's when she said, well, what have you been eating? It's just not the right time because she's like, I mean, how long has she been gone? Well, what have you been eating? Have you been cooking or you've been going to that old fast food junk and just eating whatever? And it was like there was nowhere to hide. And I thought what you don't ever want to do is is have your mom sitting behind you in a church setting and she hadn't seen you for about a week. Yeah, and see your it. wife's out of touch. Never yeah. get in that position. No, you don't ever. do that. Just walk away. Sit on the back. Row. Sit on the back. That's how don't ever doing. go down there and put yourself. She was sitting right behind me. Yeah. And so the more she would try to listen, when her head went to the back of my head, she had to she had to ask me something. Which well, is kind of funny like that now, because she went back, a friend of ours, Carbo, who's so he normally sits kind of about halfway back. But she had it in her mind that she just wanted to drag him down there to sit with y'all. And so she came over to me, and she said, I'm looking for Howard. Have you seen him? And I said, yeah, he usually sits back there about in the middle. You know, by Lord, I see him when I get up to preach. I was preaching that morning. So she's she's looking. Oh, I see him. All right, I'm off. So she takes out. Well, I thought she was just going to go talk to him. I look up. Here she's parading Hawk down front and he's to sit in between you and her. And so I chuckled, you know, I thought, poor Hawk, you know, he, he's got his spot back there. He's all comfy. And then she comes and gets it. So when I'm on my way up to preach the little, you know, there's always like the, the handlers and the stage people. And you know, he comes up to me, and says, we got to stretch out for about a minute because we have to sync up with our other assembly and all that. So I said, all right, stretch it out for a minute. I got it. And so I get up there when I'm thinking I want to do something just for this room. So I look over and there's Carbo sitting in between you and mom trapped <laughs> and i was like look at there old carbo has made it down to the second row i said boy if we could just get him one more to the front row it then he'd repent he went out and everybody knows him starts laughing but i told him later i was like the only reason you got called out is because i had a minute to kill and so i just looked over and saw you and mom dragged you down front so he became the butt of the joke which was kind of yeah. funny but it was the same type of situation well i'll give you a happy ending cuz then i realized i had made a mistake about halfway through there i should have just sat beside her and uh so then i just every time she said something you know i would just bring it back to how much i loved her and i missed her you know, she she would say some comment, you know, about the hair while, and I was like, I really miss you. I hadn't seen you so long, you know, because I just thought there's nothing I can do here. I've <laughs> made a terrible decision, and I'll just make the most of it. So I was really respectful and just tried to make the best of it, but I will never sit <laughs> right in front of her again, <laughs> ever. <laughs> that's what so some of them were talking about going with her to the movie, and that's the way she does at the movie now. It's just, it's full commentary yeah. for however long the movie is. Yeah. Which, that's not good. That's You're supposed to be quiet. Yeah, you know, but I think you reach an age where you can just get away with a lot. So. That's true. It's like the person that always, you come up, it's always an older person now that I hadn't seen in a while and say, man, you've gotten fat. And I'm like, man, I love you too. It's, it's been so long since I've seen you. It's just what a great way to greet a person, you know, just commenting on their weight is the first thing we get to. But then every time, every person that's ever done that is at least 70 years old. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you can say whatever you want. 
I'm kind of looking go, forward to Dan. getting there. Yeah. You're there, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to survive. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, I guess we'll get back to Luke since we've uh, talked about my mom will never hear this. So those of you worrying about her getting her feelings hurt again, she'll, Jason's right. Oh, yeah. I'm taking care of her. She'll never hear it. Dad's, well, in, and, char- Dad's and, in charge of home health. So all yep. is good here. We're, we're in good And shape. we did leave off in a place where this actually applies because, you know, I, I think these first few verses of chapter eight, and we really talked about it a lot on the overtime, but the yeah the we were chosen, highlighting the women yeah yeah there was an episode we were talking about, about in the chosen where you see where they got this episode when they're kind of following along the twelve apostles and and there's this cadre of women that are there and and I can't remember the exact episode but they're talking about supporting them financially. And uh, one of them is kind of well-to-do, and then you got Mary Magdalene and here. Which, didn't they feature Mary Magdalene in season one and her interaction, and Nicodemus comes to investigate her getting the demons cast out and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. So she was a part, you know. And knowing her by name, there's yeah. a scene about this kind of the the moment where it's real powerful and kind of brought a tear to my eye about her name and Mary, because when you – Fast forward, and I think we made this point in the overtime, so I'll make it again. I mean, here she is. She had been cured of, she had seven demons come out of her. You know, and the verse we're referring to, if you miss the last last one, was Jesus is going around proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And we talked about how upside down of a message that was, and we referred to Luke chapter 6 where he said in verse 20, you know, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. And then he goes on that you, though, blessed are those who are hungry and blessed are you when people hate you and blessed are you when you're weeping or when people exclude you or reject your name because of the son of man. Well, when you're reading this, you're like, well, I thought this was good news, but it's an upside down kingdom wherein God's power is going to be revealed in weakness and suffering and struggle. So the things that he's discussing is hard for you to get your head around, which is what's going to lead to the parable of sore. But here you have this picture of the 12 and these women who have been cured of evil spirits and diseases. And Mary Magdalene was one of them from who the seven demons had come out. But then you had this high ranking wife of uh, Herod's household, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. I wonder if his mother was was one of them. Oh yeah, she was. Was yeah. she? She comes into play later <coughs> on in this her, in this chapter, thought, right? Yeah. But she's always around in, in all these, especially in the chosen. Yeah. Uh, and that because they're getting this from right. Plus, they the were there. They didn't just hit the road when Jesus finally strung him up. His, well, they were the only his, people. The the only eyewitnesses. They were on the. They were there. The only they were there eyewitnesses. When he died and they were there when he was raised. That's right. Yeah, they were the only eyewitnesses, which is so bizarre. It because is. if you were making this up, well, women didn't have any credibility in that culture and couldn't even testify. 
and they were the key eyewitnesses. So if you were just making this up, you would have never chosen the women to be the ones at the death, burial, and resurrection. Because legally their testimony would have been invalid. Let's take a break. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen. Exactly. So why would you, if you were trying to hoodwink people, you would never do the exact opposite of what you think a human mind would receive, which is the point of, that we're making. When you approach Jesus and his type of kingdom and you're introduced to it, how you listen and how you hear matters. Yeah. And so I can't come up with an illustration better than Jesus's, because uh, here you have the creator of the universe who has become a man, who is a carpenter with his, in his, on his man side. But since he was... You know, to go back to John 1, to quote that, nothing that has been made was made without him. So he gives an illustration, which I believe I see the purpose of it now. Yeah. And I made an illustration on the last podcast of, you know, if you if you had dynamite to blow up a field, you would think that would be, or a nuclear Warhead, you would think that'd be the most powerful thing that could happen to that field if you dropped a nuclear bomb on the field. And it would be in the moment. But when you think about power that lasts, you plant a seed or a lot of seeds, and then it germinates, produces a crop, takes on a different form. I mean, we take this kind of power for granted because we see it every day. And then it dies, but then... It reproduces itself. So when you look at which power is more powerful, actually the one that is sustainable, that power display is is way more powerful. Yeah. You know, long term. Yeah, I was reading about just the the great the ancient uh, seven wonders of the world they called them, and you know the only one that's really that you can still look at uh, the ones that you know historians mention is the pyramid you know, this pyramid series, and especially the big one, all the other ones that were amazing in their day and all this marvel over all the different things, you know what happened to them? Rubble. Rubble. I mean, trees grew up through them. I mean, like all the, the hanging gardens of Babylon and all these great... They're trying to figure out who built them, how they did it. No. Don't even well, know. that's my point. Uh, to your point, uh, uh, time over time... I mean, let's make creates. a list of the really the 10 wonders of the world. A tomato plant, the birth of a human being, that's right. a, a, an, an acorn going to an oak tree. That, that's a wonder. You're yeah. catching along. I mean, these that you're taking for granted. That's why how you listen and how you view right. the world, which is why Jesus is 
is speaking in these parables. That's what you see this, like especially uh, I, uh, you know, my wife's out of town, but my daughter and her, her little cadre, the worship—I call them the worship leaders, you know, because they they're out at camp for the summer and they're giving their summer to helping you know kids find Jesus who are younger than they they are. But they're all in their teenage years and early twenties, and I I love it. That that's what she's doing with her summer. That she's off from college. Yep. And so they come over there. They get the weekends off. Well, they come over there and just sing worship songs all night. And so we're sitting around, you know, talking because just conversation. They ask me questions, and uh, it's so funny because Mia'll come down and she's like, "I'm making sure this still is in conversation form." And she said that to me, and I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, Dad, you've been talking for quite a while here, you know, because I was giving them a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> they asked me a question. <laughs> 30 minutes later, she comes down and like, you learn from the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mia's like, is this still in conversation form, or are you just preaching a sermon? <laughs> she, she didn't say it like that, but I was like, what, why is she? Why is she? I was like, no, they asked me a question. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because young people – and some of the questions they were asking, it's because it, at their age group, non-believers, they're like, well, just show us a miracle. That's all you got to do. Just, I mean, we say a miracle, we'll believe. It's because they have trouble with this this message. They're like, so let me get this right. And we mentioned this in the last podcast, but here's the king of the world saying he's the creator of the universe saying, oh, yeah, here's the plan. I'm going to come down and be tortured and crucified. That's how you're going to be victorious. Well, they're like, ah, wait a minute here. Yep. It just flies in the face from every successful kingdom the world has ever known. So it is hard for you to wrap your head around. But I do think you've hit into, swerved into one of the reasons why Jesus uses parables, because we brought this up in the last podcast. If you know something about Jesus, whenever he would be in teaching in our studies of the gospel, the larger the crowd— the broader the message and less specific. The smaller the crowd, when he's down to just the 12 or even the three, you know, Peter, James, and John, the more detail-oriented Jesus gets. And I think he's given us a principle, because I've thought about this many years. You know, I, I preached. I preached a lot of large groups. Y'all have to. And you realize the, the bigger your crowd, the more you have to just kind of singularly lay out some simple message for people to grab because you're not sure why they're all there. But if somebody's sitting in your living room, like what you just described, Dave, mm-hmm. they can ask you anything. Yep, and you'll exactly. pontificate and go into a lot of depth that you wouldn't dare take all that information and try to do it to a large audience because you wouldn't know if that's why they were there to listen because you didn't get that question to ask. So I yeah. think that principle kind of hits into some of no, the No, you're right. Because, like, I remember they asked some question, and uh, it was something about, you know, something that's very hard to explain, which is, you know, how do you how do you have faith? I mean, it's... Because that's it's all tied into that. Like, how do we know this is really true? And it, right. and I remember being their age, thinking the same questions. You know, just just give me some proof. Because they're coming from a college, taking a college course mindset. Just give me the course, give me the test, let me write all the right answers, and then let's live happy, you know, happily ever after. Let me make an A. Yeah, I just. 
And you're like, you know, it, it that's not what Jesus, that's not how this works. So I, I gave him a brain teaser, and it's something we did a few po- podcasts ago. But I asked him, I said, well, why did, I said, well, I got a question for you. Why did God have the stone rolled away at the tomb? What, what was the purpose of that? And, of course, they fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. They said, well, to let him out. <laughs> I said, well. I don't want to embarrass you, but <laughs> but let me embarrass later, you. Later, later, yeah, exactly. <laughs> later on, after he came out, he went through walls. He wasn't going through doors. He was going through walls. Well, why didn't he just go through the rock? Well, it was just crickets. It's like, well, why? He didn't need the rock rolled away. I, I, I was because I think with young people, if you can outwit them parable style it because they you know when you're 19 or 20 you think you're the smartest person on the planet right till somebody asks you a question like that and they're like so there's they were on the edge of their seat so i thought because all i'm trying to do is plant a seed and and the answer i gave sowing yeah i said i said look it it they didn't roll the stone away as in they the spiritual forces of good god or they didn't roll it away to let him out they rolled it away to let mary magdalene and her friends in and it was it was crickets in a good way because you fast forward two thousand years and the picture i was trying to get them to see is it is hard to have faith but when you look at the details of this story it's very moving to realize that god is showing you that he knows you're going to have trouble wrapping your brain around this yeah that's why he concocted this book with 41 different authors over hundreds of years in different, every way conceivable. And you read it and you start looking at the details and you're like, oh, wow. That is why he did that. For you to say, look, here's, here it is. Tell the story, pass it down. And it actually worked. Let's take another break. That's why you can look back to this. Even 2,000 years down the road, every Easter drama we ever did back in the day, we used a lot of Easter dramas. When we'd come to that penultimate, you know, scene of the resurrection and that stone would push aside and usually we'd have a bright light or something in there, that's why you still get chill bumps. Oh, exactly. For the idea of an empty tomb because you are getting to look in to see what he did for you. So then you see this story where here's a woman who early on in this process who had had seven d- demons came from a, you know, the wrong side of the tracks and she's the she's has a conversation with a human being that has been resurrected from the dead. Yeah. I mean that it just shows you one the grace of God. If this is who he he chose to have this conversation with, I mean, we're all welcome. It doesn't matter where you come from or what has happened in your life. And, you know, it's this interesting conversation where she thinks he's the gardener. You're like, well, why? Because no rational person, even though she was with him the whole time, and we know would ever think, oh, he's that's him? And we know from John's account she grabs a hold of him and she won't let him go. 
It's like, I got you now. You're going anywhere. And he said, well, woman, let go of me. I hadn't even been back to the father. And he's like, he's telling, he's like, you know. Well, I it's be- weird because all these scholars have all these debates on what that exactly means. Because they're like, yeah. was he radiant? Was there yeah. some kind of energy? And it's, it's almost comical. Because the simple explanation is the simple one. Simple excla- explanation. She, she didn't go there because she thought he was going to be alive. She went there because he was dead. That's right. And so... The shock and all was so traumatic and so emotional. I'm sure the excitement level was 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 out the roof. Yeah. And and I do think there was a hidden message for us in there that look, him by him leaving, by her letting him go. Yeah. Which eventually would he would be seated where he is right now at the right hand of God. Well, that just validated our victory forever. Yep. That then gave us access and representation so in heaven. You could reach him. Yeah, it's made well, this it's possible. A, it's a great point because it, it highlights and emphasizes the reason he ascended. Because I've said forever, I mean, from a from a personal, selfish point of view, especially me working for the church all my life, I wish he had never left. He could have just beamed out sermons every Sunday. I mean, guys like me could just listen to him. But he had he has work to still do, and that's part of the whole thing. What's amazing is even if Jesus himself appeared and started preaching, it would draw crowds like this, but the trouble would start. Sure. Trouble would start, and people still wouldn't believe. That's That's when I said, so we had that conversation. But then I said, oh, and by the way, when he was levitating above the earth, well, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to fly to heaven. We make jokes about it and we talk about it. If you can do what you can do, he's just doing that for you. Yeah. You're not doing it for him. He could have. There's just, no space and time. He could have wormhole it or whatever he was going to yeah, do. They're like, oh, you know, he took <laughs> off, you know, and well, because he he realizes it's hard for us to wrap our head around this. So we're looking at it in a way that's like, oh, this is possible. That's right. How, what how you think and how you listen matters. Yep. In, in this. And so I want to, by the way, before you read it, I want to make one thought because every time you study, it's why you keep studying and you keep reading and you keep diving in because every time we study another one of these perspectives on the gospel, I learn something different. Every, every day. Every day. And most of the time I've always approached the parable of the sower, like most preachers do, thinking about how a great sermon this would be to talk about what kind of soil are you, right? That's yeah. all the sermons I ever heard were like that. All the sermons I ever preached were like that. But when we looked at it this time in this context, for the first time I saw it from a sower's point of view, because here he is trying to encourage these guys, telling them they need to watch how they listen. I thought, you know, as much, and then look, the soil lesson is a great lesson because we need, we need to have the right hearts. We need to listen. But the sowing lesson is just as important and to realize that a lot of people are not going to partake in the seed that you are sowing. Oh yeah. Well, that's it's what a, we're fixed to get to. Yeah, I mean, now you're right. I get infuriated when I every time I hear a lesson over, uh, you know, like quiet time, like take a quiet time. You know, here's a good idea. Take a quiet time and study. You know, it's, I'm like, wait a minute, time out. Because this was one of my answers. I did the Q and A at the Faith Family Freedom Day, and somebody asked, "What do you recommend? You know, to grow?" And I was like, "Well." You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John every day. And and they're like, well, for how the woman actually said, for how long? I said, till you die. 
<laughs> that now you can have special quiet time because <laughs> I was trying to explain you ha- you're married Steve, to Jesus. It's sound advice. Yeah. Look now, I haven't my wife. I haven't seen her in five days. I've talked to her every day. So if I if I just told her, I was yeah. like, look, okay, you're going to Nashville, and so let's schedule a quiet time at some point where we. You no, can I, think about I, each other from she, different we've locations. We've called each other multiple times on a daily basis. You're like, well, why? Because it, you're, th- she's me. I'm her. I have trouble functioning without her. We're talking. So I'm saying to even have the conversation about this is embarrassing. You you read the one of the gospels every day at some point, or you at least think about it. And yep. so, I mean, I'm in a position where I'm forced to do that because we talk about this. So I'm like, but I, I'm with you, Al. Every time I read this, I mean, the, the first it, It's the wildest yeah, story I've learned, ever read. You learn every day. Bar none. The first thing I said to you before we started the podcast that you heard last time, I was like, boy, I, I was just dumbfounded from reading the parable of the sower, a story I've read hundreds of times. Me too. But from Luke's version... Maybe the Holy Spirit working. Some points came that I'd never thought about before. Yeah, me too. So we'll share it. Let's but take yeah. Let's take another break. So let me read this. I know this is lengthy, but Jesus did this on purpose because he actually gave an explanation. He gives you a brain teaser, and then he explains it. So verse 4. Yeah, while, read it all the way through 18, Jason. Yeah, we'll so go. verse 4, while a loud, large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus, town after town, he told them this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock. When it came up, the plants withered because there were no moisture. There was no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he had said this, he called out, like raised his voice. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, which is what it was about, how you hear. His disciples asked him, well, what does this mean? And I think just to stop for a second because he made such a big deal about how they were to hear that. So they're like, well, tell us what that means. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see and though hearing they may not understand. And he quotes Isaiah, which Al brought up in the last podcast, but we'll explain later. This is the meaning of the parable, verse 11. The seed is the word of God, which is helpful to know what what it is. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. There was your bird reference. There's the birds. Mm -hmm. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. You see it every day. Every day. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. See it every day. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, 
and by persevering produce a crop. Now it's not over yet, even though they might have put a category. It, it, yeah. it, it, this is just as important, and I think this is why people kind of miss the yeah. parable of the sower. That's right. So then he says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open, which is very scary. Now, then you understand what this last verse is, which most people have no idea what this means, but in the context of how you hear and how you listen, it makes sense. Perfect sense. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. So it's not talking about possessions or earth, which is what most people view that verse as. Your understanding, your wisdom, that's what he's talking about. How much you have, you'll be given more. If you're listening the right way, with the right heart, with the mind, with the mindset, you gain more understanding. That's why I said, so what is the profile for how you should grow and learn? You study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John every day. So when you go back to look at the hearts, and here's my point. The ones along the path, which is the seed that fell among the path, that's the guy who, if you put this into a marriage context, who sees this this girl, and he's like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in this, in this relationship. And so the only way out for them is to realize the one they're not interested is interested in them, which would be, you know, the Lord in, in this relationship. Because that's why I said it's all, it's a relationship context of you understanding the message of the kingdom, which is going to bring you to the king and your marriage to him. Yes. So how we want to go? Do we want to go heart by heart? I mean, there's a danger going heart by heart because most people immediately go there first. We spent two podcasts talking about the point is how you hear and receive this, how you listen to God's appeal for you. And he, he's he's looking for you. It's not about you just saying, oh, I'm not interested in it. No, he's interested in you. And three out of the four didn't make the cut. To some level, yeah. To some, to some level. level, yeah. And and also, as I mentioned earlier, the, the insight I gained from this is it's also an encouragement to the one sowing to realize that your job is to sow. That's why I mentioned that when we were talking in the last podcast about the bird you described that brings the seed just by being a bird and sits in the water, but is doing the work of God and doesn't even realize it because birds yep. eat seeds. Well, I think the sower and the seed are the same people in this context, but you could fast forward it in that once you have the Holy Spirit, well, he, he continues to sow through you. Right, which is why he but, mentions that about the producing of the fruit that comes right. from a healthy plant. But I'm saying originally this is coming from the, the Lord is the message of the kingdom and the one sowing. He created this scenario right. that we could be saved is what I'm saying. Well, so. remember, and remember the context for this was a crowd of people that gathered. And then Jesus 
without giving the details that he gave the 12, he gives them this picture and then just says, he who has ears, let him hear. And then there's a, a little bit of a segue because then he goes to just talking to the 12, which is when he makes that point. I want to mention something that, that Rick Warren does in his book, Purpose Driven Church, which I always thought was a great way to look at it. It reminds me of this context we're looking at here. He, Rick draws five circles in this book, and the circles, as they get closer, you get more dedicated. He called it community, crowd, congregation, committed, and core. So if you can imagine like a bullseye getting smaller as you go, yep. you start out with a community. People that will come, and Dad, you and I went out. Th- this guy preaches in California. You and I went out and spoke at his church. There were how many people? We spoke in oh. four services, thousands of people. Yep. You talk about a crowd. Tens of thousands. They were outside watching it on screens. We we were oh, going yeah. in there. So you had this huge community, and then it was a huge crowd, and then it was a congregation, people that associate themselves with this church. But really, when you get down to it, he even recognized as a pastor, there was just a core of committed people that were actually dedicated to Christ. And his whole job, he said, was to integrate that large group down to a smaller group. Well, yeah. Which is what Jesus did. So I just. It's amazing that he, 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 he ends the whole thing up as putting forth a family type gathering. Which is the kingdom of God? You know, my mother, they, they, your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to see you. He ends it up over here. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and puts it into practice. Well, you make a, yeah. you make a good point. That's probably why Luke interjects that into this context. Exactly. It, doesn't, it, it doesn't, people, he's ridiculed from people who don't believe because this is, seed that was eaten by birds yep. commenting yeah. on what they view of Jesus. They're like, oh, he was he was against families. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, he wasn't. You you, you missed how you're listening and hearing. Well, some this. believe, some don't. He's an uh, issue. And well, Mary was part of his followers, his mother, the whole time. Right. She, she she was one of the She pondered and treasured in her heart the whole time. And I'm sure she did, was not offended. Now, his brothers didn't believe you know, we know that John, yeah, John 7, 5, but then something happened. That's yeah, right. that little and statement, uh, and they put it into practice, what they heard. You say, that, 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 that's, that's it right there. So I, I think to your point, Dad, let's take our last break. To your point, even an immediate household family can miss... Jesus. How many people on planet Earth says, I've heard it a many a time. I know y'all have too. They say it basically in different forms, but get that Bible out of my face. Right. Well, right. But there's, I think there's two kind of bombshell questions when you read this. One is, and I think we need to discuss it, because he seems to be encouraging people not seeing, not seeing. So we know that's not the purpose. So in that middle section, when the disciples asked him in verse 9 what the parable meant, he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand, which is a quote from Isaiah 6. Right. So how would you – now he 
I mean, do you have anything to So, Dad, I was going to mention, explain that. it was interesting, that word secrets, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, the Greek word there is mysterion, where we get our word mystery from. That was back on the Apostle Paul. You were talking about that recently on a podcast. The mystery right. of the gospel. So, I, I think that's his point, obviously, is he's talking about the mystery of the kingdom of God. And what he's saying is the same thing Isaiah said back in his day. If you go into this with a preconceived notion and are not willing to listen to what God is telling you, then you'll go off in whatever direction you're going to go in. Yep. And so I think exactly what happens here, which is which is his point. But he he even back in Isaiah's day, he gives you that glimpse that, look, you're going to get it. You're going to see the full picture, but you just got to be patient. Many are called, but few are chosen. It's just it's just the nature of, of it. Well, most people have a hard time seeing it for what it is, and I think yep. that's what his point is. So, and the the biggest bombshell, though, is you got to ask yourself, well, where am I at in this? Instead of just thinking, looking at this, looking at the categories, I mean, I think you really got to ask yourself, okay, this no is, doubt. you take a good, hard look at who you are and how you listen and what you do, and, and I keep bringing up the illustration of a relationship because that's really how you can compare it to your relationship with Jesus. I mean, you can say the right things. You can be going to church, but he clearly defines that, especially this heart number three, church buildings are full of these people. Yep. I mean, let's see when he said, what, what does it mean? So that's in 14. The seed of fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. I'd say that's the largest group probably out of the three. It's a lot. So the deceitfulness of wealth, the other you know versions of the, they just get into, it's like a divided heart. They have Jesus, but they also have Jesus. Just as much a love for, you know, wealth and yeah, the, the worries group, of the lot. The groups are there, Jace, and one group is sitting there and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah there are all these people, they've, they've got these Bibles, they get that Bible out of my faith. Well, then the ones who hear and put what they hear into practice, you're known by both of them, and some of them hate you, and a whole lot of them love you, or a few love you out of the whole group. But that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. But you made this point as we were talking before we came on air that in the first two, it's pretty clear that they never, one never even got anything about Christ or God or the kingdom. The second one, it was so shallow they didn't get it. But by well, the time you get yeah. this third one, you don't get the implication yeah. that that means they were condemned and swept yeah, away. I, I think there's still, that's why it's a danger. You shouldn't read this into saying, okay, these first three, they're out. And uh, you know, I want to be the good one. You know, how to, no, it's a process that you go through. Be careful. And, how you, and listen. you don't know, you know, God's timing and you're not eternal. And, you know, the, the church uh, cliche that you'll hear is, you know, God's not finished with you yet. Or, yeah. I mean, we don't give up on people because we don't know hearts. I mean, God knows your heart, but you got to look down deep inside and say, where am I at in this? Am I, am I trying to hoodwink the Lord? I mean, am I just like the second heart? It's like looking for God to bless me, but not be my Lord. I mean, th these are the categories where you see that it's a shallow. I know I ought to marry this woman instead of just sleeping with her. I know I should marry her, but 
Well, I right. I haven't. Your, your life, you're not you're not wanting to give up. Yeah. You don't want to trust the Lord's direction in any of these things. So it's just a it's a blessing oriented type of faith, the shallow. But it's also you makes know, you, I, it I, makes you raise a flag about going and being a part of these things that are just based on all emotion too. Look, you, in the moment. Up, look, you can it. you can whip people up into a frenzy over a lot of things and look, you can bring them to Jesus and they get down the road and be like or get back in the real world and say, no, nah, nah, there ain't nothing to that. Say, Look, I'm shacked up right now, but I'm not going to marry. And I usually say, it's not but about 25 or $30. <laughs> I said, I'll give you the money. But but I think it's deeper. It, it's deeper than that. It's a, oh, yeah. You know, when you get in this, God cleans you up. You know, he's the gardener. He's the one that's got to remove the rocks and the and the thorns and so that's part of the pruning process. We use the illustration in John, John. Yeah, John 50. So I think that's part part of it. But it's also just realizing your heart is this, and I made that illustration about my wife and I, you don't have to tell us that we need to talk to each other and 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 be faithful to each other. It just, when when you invest in whatever you invest in, it becomes something. And in this case, that's his whole point. You put that little seed in the ground, seems kind of harmless and weak and fragile, and and you give it some time. But it, God makes it grow. And you're you're working in your heart. You're make sure you're receiving. You're you're putting this stuff in. You're letting the the Holy Spirit lead you on a number of fronts. You know who you're sleeping with, from you know how much you're studying the Word, and who you're running with, and. So all these things start start to take hold, but you look up one day, and what you want from a church perspective is to see a cornfield standing as far as you can see together that looks just like a spectacle, you know, and which they, is why, not a weed around. Which is why when you see open, dedicated hearts, which is described in that fourth category, you typically see people of strength, integrity, People, you want to find out something from them about your life. I mean, they're they're very obvious. When you see the results of what you're describing, Jay, it's a beautiful crop. Mm-hmm. You're, if you see that from a spiritual sense, those are people you're drawn to. That's why people listen to our podcast for yeah, that but reason. I'll tell you this: even on the earth, guess what they do to cornfields? They harvest it, yep. and it looks terrible after it's over. And then when you apply this to the to the church, as far as being the kingdom on earth, guess what happens? It starts all, the process starts all exactly over right. again, you know, and it rises up that's all why it's over called, the planet. That's why it's called seasons. Yeah, it rises up all over the planet in various generations. And it, But the only thing that it has in common that you can see, it's these type of people that the world underestimates yep. or they think they're worthless. It. Or they, it's just hard to put a finger on spirit-filled people as the kingdom of God that are sincere. Yeah. Yep. But they're among us and they're not going away. And when the Lord comes back, all of that will be revealed. Yep. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. And be careful how you listen. So we'll uh we'll talk a little bit more about this in our overtime segment. Uh, if you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you get that overtime comment because we just really didn't get to everything, so we got a little bit more to talk about. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube 
and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.